This is episode 39 of The Chicken Charge with CEO of All-in-One Security, Mary Parker. Today, Mary welcomes back M. Clark, the Corporate Relations and Strategic Partnerships Manager of the United Way of Greater Atlanta. M. is a dynamic young professional and also a millennial on the show to discuss women and philanthropy, specifically millennials' views and how they approach the concept of supporting their community. She highlights the United Way's Volunteer Improvement Program as a great way for professionals to get involved in philanthropy. Give a listen to this fantastic episode of The Chick in Charge. Welcome to The Chick in Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Good morning. I'm Mary Parker, CEO of All-in-One Security and your host of the chick in charge. But I also have Sarah Smith with me, my co-host oh, right. <laughs> of, Rose, of Solution Rose, and Port Wilson is with us today as well. So we have had a fantastic morning, haven't we, Sarah? Yes, we have. It's been invigorating. It's been exciting. I've learned so much. I have a huge to-do list. Oh my God! Oh, and we're going to help you make <laughs> sure. We're going to help to make sure you get that completed. Thank you. But I'm excited because we have a returning guest with us. One of the most phenomenal young women that I have ever met. And that is Miss M. Clark. And M, thank you so much for being here today. And you brought your usual level of energy. So we are so excited to have you back with us today. Yes, I am so honored to be back. Thank you so much. Yay. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> M is the uh, manager of corporate relations and strategic partnerships for the United Way. And um, I really wanted to see if we could dive into um, a little bit about women and philanthropy and especially talk a little bit about millennials and philanthropy. Um, how to get into it? Is it something that's on people's radar when they're in their 20s? Um, and I just, I, some of this is going to be your opinion, Em, but you're so, uh, I'm good you're at so astute. Yeah, with, with this topic, I really appreciate it. And I um, love having you here. So if, if you could give us just a little bit of, educate us a little bit about millennials and philanthropy, yes. if you could. Sure. So I, being a millennial myself, which we've talked about before, um, I really think it starts even before the young professional mindset. Gotcha. So for us, we, and, and for me personally, you know, my family's always been very involved in the nonprofit space community building. Um, but really in high school was my first opportunity to have a leadership role, if you will, in something related to the community. So I was a part of my high school's key club where we focused on efforts that supported UNICEF. Gotcha. And so it was even early before college and, and all of that. So I had the opportunity to be a leader within my own group of peers, right. um, raise money, uh, raise awareness, and really begin to create local awareness of an international uh, 
issue, if you will, or international causes. Right. So it started early in high school. And then when you move into college, especially what I'll say about current college students is they really have a desire to create clubs and organizations, again, where they have the opportunity to get some leadership experience and raise money, awareness, and influence for the community. Right. So, you know, a little bit of high school, a little bit of college. And then as we move into our careers, we really already have that mindset built in that says community is first. So when we're looking for jobs, that's a requirement that most millennials will tell you, I don't want to work for a company unless they have some sort of corporate social responsibility. Interesting. Love, love interesting, that. Love interesting. That. And, you know, um, uh, to that end, I'm sitting here thinking that what, when did philanthropy become important to me or to our family? And I must say that my grandmother taught us that. It yes. wasn't that we had money to give, but we had we grew our own vegetables, and she was intentional about making sure that it was more than enough for our family, so that everyone in the community had enough for their family. And so I would have to say that, that for me, that was when I was introduced to philanthropy, but I didn't know that's what it was. Right, right, right. We were just taught to always have something to give to someone else that would make their lives better. Absolutely. That's so that's so interesting and you know once you're introduced to that it becomes as much a part of your life as everything else would you say yeah absolutely and don't get me wrong millennials still want to make money I mean they're they're still out there in sales and in marketing and trying to hustle and really make a dollar but what the difference is is they then want to turn around and give a percentage of what they're earning directly to a cause and they really care about you know, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but they care about brands and other companies that are in the front of their marketing showing what they're giving back to the community as well. Love. Do you think that um, technology and, and growing up with, with technology um, and being able to show how you can have an impact so quickly through technology has helped uh, millennials feel like they can be more philanthropic because they can have more impact? Absolutely. I think... There's a couple things there. One to unpack is that we see the issues in front of us. So, you know, there's a time where we didn't have technology showing us what was going on across right. the world. And right. so now we see it and we want to be, we're driven and inspired by it. So we want to be active in that change, that social change. But then also to really, yes, we're inspired, but to really motivate a millennial to give, it needs to be easy. So what's the easiest way to do it? Create a mobile platform where they can go and give um, easy. They can see what is happening with their dollars in real time. Yep. So all of that is an important part that technology plays into the new generation of donors that are coming out of the millennial workforce is, well, I want to know what's happening with my money, where it's going, how it's being invested, and I want you to tell me as soon as possible. So technology is important. I'm going to share a quick quickie story. Um, when I got pregnant the first time with my son, who's now tw- no, never mind. <laughs> he, um, I, I watched. Um, I was watching TV, and I watched this commercial for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And I have to say, they did the most amazing, amazing commercials, um, uh, most amazing marketing. And that was really the first time I ever donated money. And it was, you know, I was going to have a baby. And um, I still donate to them. 
five years later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that's, that's absolutely amazing. And I'm sure we can, when we search back, we'll find that we were, we right. were once millennia. We didn't, they didn't call us that then. What did they call us? Um, baby boomers, <laughs> if that. Right, right, I know. Right? If that. And also, uh, you know, as we're talking here, I'm, I'm thinking because we have a foundation as well, the Mary Parker Foundation, and raising other generations. The one thing that we know within our community is uh, the African Americans don't necessarily count. I won't say they aren't giving, but they're not counting their giving as in a certain platforms as that they would call philanthropy. So what would you say to young people, especially women, who are not really exposed into the philanthropic world? Well, I think women invented philanthropy. <laughs> Again, my opinion, right? I really think when we I love that opinion. I yeah, do. Too. <laughs> when you look back, you know, you have the the famous, you know, philanthropists, Carnegie, Rockefeller, all those folks, but really behind it and what's true of even civil rights movements, behind it was always women um, getting getting together and creating community. So, you know, if we didn't have a seat at the table, well, we may have been at home in the past, but we were at home talking to our neighbor that was at home and gathering in our churches and in our faith institutions and bringing people together um, to create change. I think our, up until, you know, really the feminist movement in the 60s, our power was at home and our power was, you know, the voice of social change. So, while men were away playing and doing what they did in business, we were at home making a difference in those who had less than, and just like you said about right, your grandmother, right. growing vegetables and making sure that other people had enough. Um, and so I think that's always been the case. So for women who now are interested in philanthropy, we have such an opportunity more than ever before because we have you know, higher education than we ever have before, more women with advanced degrees, more women in the workforce, and more women, you know, if we're going to get down to the nitty gritty, making money and right. really yes. having the, um, not just the buying power in the economy, but the donating power in philanthropy. So I think that for, I think most women are probably already involved in philanthropy in some form or fashion, but for those who are looking to get more involved, really looking at how much can I give, what is my capacity, and then what are my skills? Do I have something that makes me unique as a woman um, and as a person that I can give in a skills-based volunteerism capacity? So whether it's serving on boards um, or, you know, say you're in marketing and you're great at building websites, you're a coder. How can I go to a nonprofit and build a website and become that volunteer that maintains their website? I wanted to ask you about something that you mentioned to me the other day, um, which was about the... Um, it was with the United Way and the the young the young leaders initiative. Young professional leaders. Young professional leaders. Could mm -hmm. you? I, I, I don't know anything about that, and I was really curious. Sure. So uh, United Way is unique in that we recognized within our corporate partners that we saw um, groups forming within corporate settings. So whether it was your women's group or your young professionals group, um, these groups were forming within those corporations. And so what we wanted to do was meet them in the same place and say, well, you know, you, us as United Way changed from just being that good steward of your dollar into someone that will engage you year round. And so for us, we created um, specifically the one that you're referencing, the Young Professional Leaders Group which is anyone that feels young at heart, we don't put an age on it. <gasps> you, so, said that, oh, you said that before. 
So <laughs> any, anyone that considers themselves a young professional um, can be a part of this group. And, you know, we ask a couple different things. One, there is a financial contribution to it because we want yeah. to be able to move resources in the right direction. Um, but it's also about being able to volunteer in your community. We have opportunities to be leaders, just like I referenced earlier with the Key Club. We have opportunities for people who are young professionals to be on a board right out of, you know, their first or second year of being in a career or, you know, if you're 10 years down the line, you can be a board member too. But it is certainly an opportunity for folks to give, right, advocate and then volunteer, which we've talked about before. Right, um, right. But get involved in the community in a larger way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them having that when I was a young, younger professional. Love it. Love it, Sarah. I don't remember. We are still young professionals. Mary, because empowering women also means women's health. It's so amazing we have an opportunity to partner with a fantastic new company, Lola. Lola was founded by women and they take a completely modern approach to feminine care. Their approach is simple and really smart. If we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, shouldn't the same be true for our feminine care products? I'm so impressed by this company, Sarah. You know how I feel about a healthy approach to living and Lola is a perfect match for this chick in charge. I have to admit, I was surprised to find out that the FDA doesn't regulate materials used in women's intimate products. But Lola is completely transparent about exactly what is in their products. I trust Lola and I trust their products. I feel the same way, Mary. Lola's pads, tampons, liners, and wipes have no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics or dyes, just 100% natural cotton, and BPA-free tampon applicators. And you know, I've never heard of a feminine care company using 100% of anything. It makes me feel confident about what I'm putting in my body. And so often, wonderful natural alternatives are hard to find, but Lola offers a subscription service. They ship directly to your home. Just go to mylola.com and choose your product type, your level of absorbency, the quantity you want, and the frequency of delivery. We want to offer our listeners the chance to give Lola Feminine Products a try. We've been given a great opportunity, so ladies, listen up. Here we go. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com. That's mylola.com and enter Chick in Charge when you subscribe. Mary, my husband is going to be so relieved that he doesn't have to run to the pharmacy anymore and and buy these products for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, He'll be sent to the house. (laughs) Well, I am delighted to give Lola my seal of approval. I'm Mary Parker, and I am the chick in charge. This is a great conversation. I, um, through our foundation and some other resources as we've spoken of before, I'm going to be intentional. Uh, We'll probably be first quarter now before I can get some things set up, but I want you to come out and begin speaking 
to some of the young professionals and college students, which you're already doing, but I want to present you within our community of leaders and just let you share with them some of the benefits as you see being on the inside of the United Way, some of the benefits of their, their, don uh, their donorship as well as their participation and even board development. I'd be happy to do that. I think the United Way is uniquely positioned in that we are the subject matter expert on what is happening in the community and community needs. And then in response to that, we are training volunteers. We want you to serve on boards. We want to send you out to the nonprofits in the area and equip you with you know, high level financial knowledge, marketing knowledge, fundraising knowledge, all of the things you need to be a good board member. And um, you know, that is truly the way that we're gonna create change is we're equipped with the knowledge to create impact in the community. Um, so I would love to do that. I think that's a kind opportunity. Yes, and also in reference to that board training, uh, do you go out to nonprofits and train their board? How does that work? Sure. Uh, so it's called the Volunteer Involvement Program. Janice Robinson is our lead on that at United Way, and she has a cohort that happens every fall, spring, and summer. And so it is a literal training, a weekly training where people come uh, and sit through coursework which sounds intimidating, but it's not. It's fun. It's it's learning. It's about giving back to the community. Um, and so they sit through this. It's typically six to eight weeks of coursework. And then we have, you know, the pulse on the nonprofits in the community, what their needs are, if they need someone currently on their board. And then we are able to match them with a board that makes sense for their desires and their passions and just, yeah, one That's, piece of it. You so have created amazing. such an invaluable position for, such a valuable position for yourself. Yeah, uh, to be where you are with this type of knowledge of nonprofits and philanthropy is just absolutely amazing. It really is. And uh, I have, as I said before, I've been looking for opportunities where I can introduce you into programs within the community. And I know that the city of Atlanta, the mayor, has um, appointed a committee to go around and do study on the um, recreational centers. And there you have all the demographics that we would want to work mm -hmm. with. I mentioned you to the committee the other day, and I've been drafted uh, to serve on the committee, and I mentioned you as a partner with the United Way, and they agreed. So I'm going to foster a, a meeting with you and the leader of that organization, and I'm sure you're going to find it to be one that you know, will, it's, will be twofold. We'll support you. And also, I know that you'll be able to support that that committee in a, a huge, huge way. Well, I look forward to hearing more about it. it sounds exciting. Yes, I will get busy in getting that appointment set <laughs> scheduled, and we're going to make it happen. There you go, Em. Em's going to be so much busier. <laughs> well, and I, I'll be remiss if I don't mention, so you said earlier, to have such knowledge at this age. I do have to give credit to the University of Georgia and <laughs> my master's of nonprofit degree. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was such a great training ground for me to go through that, and they forced us in the best way to go out and be in a graduate placement and see a variety of nonprofits and learn from them in different positions. So it was really a, you know, talking about women in philanthropy, grassroots, like going and learning 
on on training and and really understanding what uh, nonprofits are doing in the space, and then you come out on the other side, right? Equipped. And it's interesting wow. though. This word keeps popping up today, which is intentional, and yes. that's exactly what you what you did. You really focused in on what you were what you were interested in doing. It sounds like your um, travel experience that you had um, when you went to France. That was from the first podcast, folks. You can go back <laughs> yeah. and listen to that one, um, as well as which really enhanced your interest in international philanthropy too. Absolutely. Which I can't wait to see where you are in ten years. Um, well, I'm and so also excited. too, millennials are interested in philanthropy now, right? So we just talked yeah. about that path, but really, so many of us are choosing philanthropy as a career first. And so that was same with me with my master's degree is I knew I wanted to be involved in the community that I had a sales personality, but I had, you know, a heart for community. So how do you merge that fundraising? So yes, <laughs> kind of finding that middle ground of, you know, that's such a good the way gift to put of it. Gab. It really, yeah. really is. Yeah. I attended an event the other night and I'm really just getting into participating uh, with fundraisers. I would give the money, but. Right. Not really the presence. Right. Well, now I'm present for a lot of fundraisers, and we had the great opportunity on Tuesday night. We raised $130,000 plus for a candidate one night. Congratulations. And on the 22nd of September, I was a part. We had another fundraiser, and on that day, we tried to make history of having the largest single fundraiser in the state of Georgia. Our goal was 200000 We fell 15000 short oh, that so day. Close. I know. I You're said, so close. I, I was already maxed out, so I couldn't write a check for fifteen k. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. And thank you so much for your energy, for what you're doing in our community. You are definitely a leader as it relates to the millennials in philanthropy. You keep up the great job. You're doing a great work. And yep. we're so proud of you. One more thing, if I can. I think yeah. what is so important for women, women in philanthropy and in general, um, is mentorship and having someone who we're can. We're nodding. We're all nodding. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So empowered women <laughs> empower women, right? Like yeah. That is the phrase. And so um, for all of this you know, gentle praise you're giving me, I appreciate. But I wouldn't be here without Mary Parker bringing me into the fold um, and beginning to mentor me. So thank you for that. Woo well, this is a dual relationship. Yep. You're mentoring me as well. And don't be mistaken, <sighs> listeners. Your mentors do not have to be older than you are. Hello. True. As a matter of fact, I think we're very wise to bring the millennials in on our team. Yeah. So that we can continue to learn to think young but also be empowered with the information from another set of lenses. And so she's, it's, it's a two-way here, and I always believe that in order to get, you give first. Absolutely. So thank you for that. Very Sarah, good. Sarah, anything Very good. else? And, nope, I'm good. I'm good. And you'll be back. Uh, audience, <laughs> M will become a regular on Darn this two, show. Yep. And you know what I'm looking forward I to? That. I think she's great. I would love for her to host. Ah, love for you to host Very because good. you are the chick in charge in this space as we speak. But I would love for you to consider hosting a show and we bring a few other millennials in Woo. and have a conversation with them. That sounds uh, great. Uh, along the same line. Good idea. Well, I guess since we're on the air, I can't say no, right? No, we can't. <laughs> no. She does it on Wonderful. purpose. I loved, I She's loved got doing you. this. Yes, ma'am. That was the whole <laughs> I'd be happy Thank to. You. There we go. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I know that our time has expired for today. We've had a magnificent time 
on the Chick in Charge podcast today. So is there one last thing that you would like to say, Sarah, you, anything? Okay. Get involved. That's it. Get involved in your community, whether it's voting or donating or volunteering, get involved. Get involved is the instruction for today. But for now, we've got to go. We're not going far. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.